This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kevin. This is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And here we are for our second episode today. Uh, Like I said, this is part two of a conversation that I had with Mr. Ben Wallace from the All Ports Open Podcast Network, which includes shows like Pot of Love and No Avatars Allowed. And also, he is the host of the Priest Pulse Podcast. Uh, and we, this is uh, our Kickstarter portion of the show. Uh, we got into Ben's podcasting career in the last part. If you want to hear more about our weight loss journeys that we've discussed, um, about the Eagles and just kind of some general discussion that we have recorded in the beginning of our, our, uh, our day. We talked for about two hours this night, uh, and I decided to include it as two separate conversations. So if you want to listen to some, uh, just two guys sitting around and talking about whatever comes to their mind, go on over to episode 141, and that's where you can listen to that. Uh, here on episode 142, we uh, continue our conversation about Ben's career in podcasting, uh, specifically turning towards the uh, Kickstarter that he is running with uh, the All Ports Open Network for Tales and Tomes Season 1 about Tecumel. And, of course, we go and talk about Priest Pulse and all his other podcasts right here and, and just uh, get into a whole slew of different things. Uh, make sure you support us on Patreon.com slash entertains, word of mouth recommendations, and, of course, uh, you can do five-star rating and reviews on iTunes. Uh, and before we get to our conversation, just thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down and listen to us for the next hour. Uh, you could be doing anything anywhere with your time and you're spending it with Ben and I, and we do appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully you follow us on a weekly adventure because I personally have a great time every, every week. Um, so as I said, we are going to hop into our conversation with Ben Wallace. It's continuing from last week, uh, where we were talking about, uh, just whatever this week we're talking about the Kickstarter. We're talking about pot of love, live podcasts, my love of the campaign podcast, and much, much more. Let's get right to it right here on awesomepodcast.com and thatentertains.com slash network. So, so uh, you have a Kickstarter that you are launching very soon. Yep. I think maybe a couple days before uh, this airs. Well, it'll be actually, you know, we had a little bit of a, it's going to end up being like the beginning of October when it ends up going oh. going live. Uh, that was Perfect. a little bit of a change. And I'm okay yeah. Perfect. Then I will. Uh, then I can delay this. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. That and that would be very appreciative. Yeah. So so in the beginning of the year, uh, in the beginning of 2018, like earlier in 2018, we launched the All Ports Open Network, which is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Josh Wise of No Avatars Allowed and it's Blaine Martin uh, and myself launched the All Ports Open Network, and we wanted to launch this podcasting network, and. 
sort of our, our theme around the network was always that the three of us are religious people. I mean, I'm a priest. Uh, Dr. Wise mm-hmm. is a, a professor of theology and Blaine. And we actually all lived at the time when we started – or no, I guess not when we started the network, but we used to all live together uh, in intentional community at the church where I'm the priest at, uh, and uh-huh. we used to we used to live together. And so we we're like we're gamers, huge you know huge gamers. We love the gaming community, love tabletop community, uh, and we're Christians. Like there there's no one out, there's no one out there that we're aware of that's sort of like repping repping well <laughs> uh being people of faith in sort of the tabletop world in a way that we like that's like our kind of you know person of faith like there's others out there who do it in ways that we don't so much like and uh we thought well we're gonna create a space that like where we feel like we could be comfortable and like and we just wanted to create a bunch of podcasting content and do do that stuff because we love doing it uh so we launched a podcast network all ports open and uh we launched a the flagship podcast PDB10, which I was a host on, and I'm not anymore. We launched, we relaunched No Avatars Allowed, brought No Avatars Allowed back, um, which was very exciting for us to do video games and theology, which I'm a co-host on. And then my wife and I, Mel, we created Pot of Love, which uh, is probably how you and I first connected, and how I end up connected yeah. with a bunch of really awesome, you know, other great podcasts out there, you know, like like heart points and other people, you know, and of course um, also um, Jeff Stormer and his mm-hmm. show party of one and uh, connected through pot of love and started doing my own actual play. And then I was also on, I have been on, I'm not, I haven't been so much lately on refugees of Esmeralda, which is another actual play podcast that Blade Martin edits and uh, is, I guess the host of, and I've played in that show. So we started doing all that and sort of through the course of doing that, I left the PDB 10 podcast just because I was trying to take one more thing off my plate, which, you know, you can understand. And after they sort of reformatted the show a little bit after that, and they came, they decided to do some episodes on gaming history. And like, they wanted to like tell some stories that like they didn't know that were on the periphery of their sort of gaming radar. And, uh, have you been a role player for a long time? Are you, have you been a big gamer for a long time, Kevin? So, so I am a, uh, I'm a casual gamer for sure, uh, and 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 even more casual when it comes to tabletop. Okay, I've been playing video games my whole life, and as a as a younger man and child, uh, yeah, I was big into it back then, uh, but way more casual now. Uh, and tabletop, I honestly, uh, we I, history with tabletop goes way back to um, I don't even maybe it was either high maybe even elementary no not elementary school it's either middle school or high school sure sure uh, where where like someone maybe a teacher somebody wanted to start a and D club and like me and my, my best friend Mike who who uh, you know is a frequent uh, co-host for everything is awesome when we do live shows or, or when I just need someone to sit down and talk to uh, instead of doing it by myself Uh and him and I and a bunch of other guys, we, we went and, and gals maybe uh, went to this classroom to play. But like something happened where no one was taking it too seriously, um, which whatever that means when you're in high school <laughs> yeah. uh, or middle school even. So so I, I, didn't, I, I honestly don't think I touched tabletop again until I was in my at best late 20s, but probably early 30s. Uh, with with some D&D with, with Mike and, and a group of friends. And then also like the first thing that i did because that that went south for me i actually that i was only part of one session for that and and i had a negative experience where i was like i'm not i'm done like i'm oh, not wow. and, and, and i didn't go back to that to their session 
with my best friend for for over for at least a year, and we set up this gimmick where where I was I played a character that was actually a bad guy, uh, but I was being introduced as part of the team. Oh, I uh, see. That, and, and it was like this bait and switch thing. Like uh-huh. where, where uh-huh. my best friend, it was a DM. He handed me. He's uh-huh. like, you get sixty seconds with this map. Uh, for like the big dungeon that you guys have to be in, uh, memorize it because that's all that the person who would have given it to you would like you would have had it for sixty seconds and then you would have to throw it away or something for whatever reason. Uh, so so and I don't even know if that finished because we stopped playing because of you know life. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that played out to where we wanted it to play out to. Uh, and ultimately, like after that first session, what's really fun is I instantly told him afterwards, "Is like I don't want to see any more of your notes because like I'm gonna." turn to a good guy like i i we it, this happened to be like i'm gonna play out to where we need to but i'm gonna work the story where hopefully the team accepts me when they find out i'm an asshole <laughs> so uh <laughs> let's see what happens uh but but jeff stormer's show party of one yeah was the fir- my first experience outside of D uh oh, I playing see. uh playing Doctor Who. Uh, I've done, I think, for a live show, uh, I've done uh, a dungeon crawl with him. But whenever I've done his show proper, it's always been a a Doctor Who uh, episode, which is only two episodes. Right, right. Uh, uh, And that was a lot of fun. And and I have yet to, that's really, I've just given you all my tabletop experience. That's why you've seen me on Twitter, like saying, I want to start a D and D game. Yeah. Well, we I don't want to be a DM. That. We could talk, we could talk but, more about that and we can, I, I got some, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about that. We have opportunities and I'd love to connect okay. more <laughs> about that and do some of the stuff we've like talked about on Twitter without a doubt. Yeah. Without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we were, I, I asked all that, you know, I asked you sort of like about the history because for us, like we discovered, so we were doing this sort of research, Blaine and Josh really were doing research for PDB 10. Like they wanted to unearth some stories that they didn't really know that other people might not know and so like you know even though we have been have a long history of gaming like tabletop gaming we had never heard of this what we thought was a very fascinating piece of gaming history which is we learned about the game world tecamel uh, which was created by someone named M.A.R. Barker. So th- uh-huh. we we found out about this. Other people know it as being the empire of the pedal throne. So, you know, for some people who have been around tabletop for a long time, uh, that name might be familiar to people or they might have sort of heard about it in some way. But it's like surprisingly unknown. And the story of Tecamel is surprisingly unknown. So they started telling the story of M.A.R. Barker and Tecamel for the PDB 10 podcast in that one episode and realize that like one episode cannot do that story justice. So the thing is fascinating about Tecamel is that, so professor Barker is a linguist. He, or was, mm. I should say, was a linguist. He was uh, a professor of Urdu and South Asian studies um, and at the university of Minnesota. And when he was, but he, when he was a child, he was like 10, he started creating this like, sort of fantasy world of Tecamel. And as a linguist, he wrote languages for his world. Uh, nice. And if that, if that sounds familiar at all, he's often called the like unknown Tolkien because okay, okay. He, he basically created a world as rich and detailed, if not more honestly than Tolkien did. And he did this, but the difference between him and Tolkien, the other difference is other than one is very famous and the other one ended okay. up being more obscure is that, someone named Michael Bornard introduced M.A.R. Barker 
to the idea of a role-playing game. Now, this was before even the term role-playing game was in common parlance. It like wasn't mm -hmm. yet. This is in the 70s. And Tecamel mm -hmm. ends up being the second role-playing game ever published by TSR. It's one of the first ever role-playing games. It was published as Empire of the Petal Throne. So it's like one of the first ever role-playing games, period, and uh, is foundational to the history of role-playing games. And yet no one has ever really heard of it because it never had the kind of commercial success that D&D &D had. And M.A.R. Brothers is a fascinating person in a lot of ways. Uh, he's converted to Islam and like he, he's this incredibly brilliant linguist. Uh, you know, like I said, they call him the forgotten Tolkien. And he's just this really incredible. He, his story is like incredibly fascinating. The story of the world is incredibly fascinating that they created. Uh, the Gary Gygax said that he couldn't imagine a better role-playing setting being created ever in the future after this. Um, it's it's just a really fascinating and, – and so it's been played ever since. It's been played since it was published by TSR in 75, uh, and there is still you know stuff that has been and is being released for the game. And so we, we discovered this story and found it to be very interesting, and we're shocked that we had never heard of it and that its story hasn't yeah. really – because D&D's story has been told a lot. Like there's all yeah. kinds of books and stuff on the history of Dungeons and Dragons, but this story wasn't really told. And so we wanted to tell it in a way that had not been told before. We thought like, Hey, you know, we could make a long form, uh, like high quality audio documentary and do it on Tecamel. So we wanted to do it at first. We, you know, we had talked about doing it on, we, we wanted it to be season one. Our, our Kickstarter is called uh, tales and tomes. And if it's a success, if it's a success, it'll be season one. And in the future we could do other stories of other games, whether tabletop or not, we may even do some video games. We've talked about doing video games. Okay. Um, but like, we want this to be the first season of something bigger, but we want to do five episodes uh, of this like longer form, uh, really high quality um, documentary and tell the story of Tecamel. Like we are partnering with people who are around. I left an important part of sort of our little formula, our little story here, which is that I mentioned the person's name, Michael Mornard, who introduced Barker to Tecamel. Uh, yeah. I actually happened to be really good friends with Michael Mornard. Uh, he and I went to seminary together and his wife and I also went to seminary together. And like, so I knew him from the uh, like, you know, Episcopal world. And it was just like, mm -hmm. when I found out, then I found out later, he introduced Barker to Tecamel and I had no idea he had a connection to that. I knew he had a connection to Gary. He played D&D &D with Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. And like, I knew that because he, he always told stories of it and he ran D&D before for me, but like, I had no idea he had this other connection. So I was actually talking to him on the phone before I talked to you tonight. And he says, yeah, yeah. he says to me, uh, how the hell did you hear about Tecamel? That was like the first thing he said to me. <laughs> because it's that obscure, you know, and uh, but not for him, for him and his friends, it's like this important part of their life and their relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. with Phil Barker is this important part of their life. And so we really want to like do this Kickstarter to like we want to like sort of take that history that otherwise will be lost and like tell it in a format that'll be lasting. So like I said, we're launching the Kickstarter um, in the beginning of October and we are trying to raise four thousand dollars which we think is not a huge ask, but is like, a, will go a long way for us to like, you know, do it the highest quality possible for me as being someone that loves doing audio documentary stuff and editing. It's my chance to like do my dream documentary to like actually make the kind of audio documentary I've always wanted to make um, and pour that time and energy into it. So I'm, I'm just psyched about it. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, I love the concept of that because, like, that reminds me, and, and obviously not the, the same genre, but uh, it goes back to, like, Serial. Like, Serial kind of popularized that, yep. that kind of format mm-hmm. of documentary-style uh, podcasting. Right. Uh, and, and, I mean, it, season two went down the hill. Right, uh, right. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. I have no idea about season three because I, I, I probably will not listen to I'm it. I'm probably not going I, to. I don't, yeah. But um, that... It's it's uh, this what you guys are doing is a way more in my wheelhouse than you know crime. Sure, uh, right. Like it's uh, it's someone again. As someone who and I, I did uh, forget to mention that I did play uh, a few rounds of Mission Accomplished. Jeff's. Oh, you have gotten to play Mission saying, Accomplished already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, so yeah, jealous. Yeah. I'm playing it uh, later on. In, let's see, in a couple of weeks, I'll say that I'm playing it in a couple of weeks, and it will be on Refugees of Esmeralda, I think, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. If if you go back to and if this is go this goes for anybody that wants to listen to a really fun live episode of it, episode 100 of Everything Is Awesome. I wanted to do something uh, for for me milestone episodes. I like to do something different. Episode 25, I sat in a car by myself and talked to Batman, nice. uh, just going back and forth. Uh, same thing for episode 50, episode 75. Uh, I forget what I did for episode 75, but, um, and then episode 100 was, I wanted to play a tabletop game. That's awesome. And I I, I, I talked to Jeff, I wanted him to run it. And he said, well, can, can I use this as a beta test for my game? I was like, whatever you want to do, buddy. And we brought in some really funny, um, uh, comedians from around Philly and, uh, it was a really, I mean, I was like the least funny person on the, on the, on the, 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 the panel of players there, but, uh, it, it was so much fun. We played it in Amalgam That's uh, awesome. and it was, yeah, it, it is. Mission accomplished is a really, really fun game. Uh, I, I, I told Jeff, I was like, I want to find a way to maybe try to do it again. And we're, I don't know if we can do it in the month of October cause he's so busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah his Kickstarter but, is launching in October too, later than ours, I think. Yeah, yeah, mid October, yeah. I think. We're, him and I are going to be talking soon to to so that we can um, uh, air it then as well. And he'll and be on Pot of Love but... in around that time frame. I don't know exactly when to pitch that. So you know, listen to folks. If you're not subscribing to Pot of Love, like if I convince you to do anything other than back the Kickstarter, definitely subscribe to Pot of Love, please. Uh, well, yeah. Well, and 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 so I think what we're going to end up doing with this episode, if if you're okay with with staying on for a little bit longer, yeah, sure. uh, is is I'm going to split this into two episodes. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, because because a it makes uh, way more sense for uh part two which starts right around your kickstarter talk uh that way people can listen to the eagles talk and the, the weight watchers talk and then uh and if they don't want to listen to all that garbage they can come listen to your kickstarter <laughs> pitch and uh oh, everything it. else we're going to talk yeah about. that sounds great uh, that's great so um so so uh let's talk pot of love uh which which kind of ties into your kickstarter in the sense that it's it's yeah. a rpg yeah and it's all part of the all ports open network so yeah mm-hmm Yes. Uh, so, so uh, Pot of Love um, is that like a is that a, a two player RPG or is that a actual play podcast or are you doing a long form campaign with? guests swapping in at like please tell me about pot of love yeah i'd love to, to yeah that. yeah i'd love to i'd love to so pot of love is my wife mel and i uh is a uh one-on-one you know one-to-one uh actual play rpg where we play um uh, tabletop games that are romance themed uh and you know it's a relationship and it's also a relationship dating advice podcast we also do an advice segment or at least we try to so um mm-hmm. we mostly play the game fog of love the board game fog of love which like 
Do you are you familiar at all with that game? No, 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 no. And I've seen you obviously talk about that, or maybe it's in your description yeah, 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 or something. Probably. I definitely I've seen I've seen it because of, right, of our show. Good. Well, I'm glad we're exposing people to the game because we love the game. It's a fabulous game. It's like it's like you know you know in the video game world how like everyone jokes around about how there's role, there's like RPG elements in every game now. Like if you make a yes, game, yes. you have to include RPG elements. Well, it's like this is like the board game version of that, where it's like it's a board game, but it's like really rpg heavy it's like if you want to like introduce okay. someone to role playing but you don't want them to know that's what you're teaching them to do <laughs> it's like a good way to do that because like so yeah <laughs> uh it it, it it it's like a good way to do that because like it, it has a lot of good tell prompts you could like do it really role play heavy like we do in our show like which was like lots mm -hmm. we role play the whole time you would know we're playing a board game you know like we do it like role playing prompts but you could play it without doing the role play aspects as much too if you wanted to but yeah we so mm -hmm. we mel and i we play out relationships we so it's it's we do story arcs that are often three to four episodes in length. We also play Starcrossed. Uh, the uh, that's yep. fun. I haven't played it, but that's it's fun to listen to. It. We nice. love Starcrossed. We love playing actual plays of Starcrossed. We got to interview Alex Roberts on our show as the only interview episode yeah. we've gotten we, that we've done on on Pot of Love, and it was just so fun to connect with her. It was so great that we were launching our show right. We launched our show not long before that game hit Kickstarter. So we got to do a preview play, you know, actual play got to have her on the show, um, which was really great for us. And so, yeah, we, uh, we, ha we also have guests on the show. So like I said, we do arcs and mostly it's Mel and I playing, but we also will bring other people on to do arcs. So like we brought two friends on uh, to do a play. Uh, they're both, both of them are people who are non-binary and we brought them on to sort of talk about like they played the game they played fog of love we did their story arc and then they also like had a very long conversation with us afterward about like gender and polyamory and sexuality and stuff like that after the episode so we like included that as part of it and that was a like really fun arc to do and like just like a really cool you know thing that we got to do and then like for example, Jeff Stormer is going to be on uh, – I'm going to be on Party of One. Actually, I may already be, depending on when this <laughs> airs, have been on Party of One. I don't know exactly, but uh, playing that game. And then – so Jeff and I, within the span of a couple of days, played twice. It was so fun. It was so freaking nice, fun nice. to play that game with him. Uh, it was actually the first time I played with anyone that I had played with anyone that wasn't my wife. So uh, I put it in and I play, ended up playing twice with Jeff in his, his in, in a couple of days. And so, uh, so, yeah. so did you guys play Fog of Love both on his show and your yep, show? Yep, two different story arcs. Yeah. So we played two different games. So yeah, we play. So he, so he'll be on uh, as a guest player in the next couple of weeks here, and also Heart Points, uh, Zach and Diana are going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks. I don't know when that'll end up being uh, uh, going live, but they'll be on our show and they'll be playing. So like when we do that, what we do is we sort of do peanut gallery. We're like, uh, actually I sort of GM'd it when I did it previously where like I had two other people come and play and like, they don't have to worry about the rules or how the game works because I'm sort of like managing the board and doing all that. Oh, but we try to be story heavy on pot of love and we yeah, try yeah. to like, fo like, like I try to utilize music and sort of like heavy, heavy, heavy editing. It's a very that's a, that's heavy, you know, heavily edited. My worst nightmare. Actual play podcast. See, I love to do it. It's so fun for me to do it. I I can't tell you. It's so satisfying every time I like take an episode from when we record it to like when I put it out. Like I listen to every episode of Pot of Love by the end like three or four times all the way through, and I don't get oh. sick of it. 
I don't. Uh, God, that is that is uh, your saints. I, I, don't know about I, that. <laughs> I I can't. Uh, I cannot edit any show, let alone my own show, that many times. I uh, there's a lot of times where I'll have to listen to segments of of like shows that are outside of mine uh, several times because I I'll get the in show note of like, oh Kev, play this song now. I'm like God, darsh. And then I'll have to go and grab the song and then I'll have to go. I'll have to like play that segment six times to make sure it sounds good. Uh, But it's, it's yeah. I don't, and I'm, I'm getting ready to probably, I say getting ready. I'm only getting ready because I have, I'm reviewing a, uh, I'm reviewing actually uh, James D'Amato's book. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, So, so I have the, the PDF of that and I, I, I'm, I'm using, I, that came at the right time of me doing this other, like wanting to start this other project uh, that's in the actual play world. But it, it, it's, it's, I think n- like nothing anyone has ever seen when it comes to at least actual play podcasting. Uh, and so, so I'm getting ready to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually use James book to, to help um, shape that, that world I'm, I'm creating and whatnot. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm not, I'm looking forward to, uh, almost all of it, but the editing where uh, I, I may have to include some cinematic stuff. Yeah, I love doing that stuff. And if I had any extra time, like in my life, I would offer myself to help you with the editing and do editing for that stuff. Cause I love <laughs> well, doing it, but yeah. unfortunately, like yeah. I'm stretched to the max, yeah. and like I already edit other people's podcasts as it is. So like yeah. you know, I just yeah. love to do it. Like I just, I just adore I it. You know, like it's like the be- it's for me. It's like it's what I live to. It's it's so good. It's so good for me. So I love doing it for pot of love and i'm so proud of it like i don't know i like it you know what i mean it's like one of those things mm. where you make something you know and you're like you're proud of it and you're like this is great i love yeah. this thing i made i don't know how anyone else feels about it maybe people don't like it like i do but i love it like i made it and i'm mm. proud of it and that's how i feel about our episodes like i would encourage you to uh, listen to now by the time folks will be hearing this like it won't be the newest episode but we just launched an arc of Mel and I playing fog of love and uh, we launched two. it's sort of a spin off of our last story. We've also done uh cross game stuff. Like we start, we did a story arc that we just freaking loved uh, with these two gym bros that met in a gym mm-hmm. and fell in love at the gym. And then they had a relationship and we got so invested in the characters and we did it cross game. We started with star crossed, uh, had them play out their Starcross relationship, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for how that ends. Um, went from that to Fog of Love and played out like their relationship in a longer story. Um, so That's it was, neat. yeah, it was cool to do like that cross uh, system sort of relationship. But I would encourage you to start listening, like maybe this newest story arc, uh, episode twenty eight, which uh, is from the is from like September. Uh, so much more is like the start of that story arc or like maybe go back and listen to you could listen to um, the Tony Bologna episode 25 is called Tony Bologna books and sundries and that started a three story arc which was pretty fun that I would say you could listen to so like you know it's one of those things we were talking about before like listen to the newer ones because I'm more proud of them than the old ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If that yeah, makes yeah, any yeah. sense. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. I actually think I'm going to do something else too with Pot of Love. I, I've been dreaming this up. So this is the first time no one else besides me has heard me say this yet. You're the first 
I've, oh, I've been tr- breaking news. It's really not. It's like in my head, breaking news. I've been dreaming this up that I think I'm going to go in because we, we break up these arcs into like, you know, like I said, three or four episodes. Right. And so like the way our show is structured, you have uh, an, a cold, what I call a cold open, which is not really what a cold open is, but I just don't know a better term for it than that. But it's like the first thing you hear when the show starts, uh, which uh-huh. is either scripted or sometimes funny clips from the show that then we bring into the beginning. And then like you hear the theme song, then Mel and I talk for a little while, goofy banter, uh, you know, to introduce the, sh- the episode, tell people to subscribe on iTunes, all that jazz. And then we have some more music and then you have actual play and then you have some more music. And then we do like our advice segment, if we have advice segment to do, because we take emails and email us, by the way, mm-hmm. listeners at potoflove at gmail.com, because we really would really like uh, more questions, relationship, sex, dating, love, romance, whatever, potoflove at gmail.com. Um, we do that segment and then we sort of do the end, right? Well, what I want to do is I want to take our story arcs and like cut all that stuff out and do like a super cut yeah. of a bunch of our story arcs uh, where you can like just listen to the story actual play for the arcs in like one giant super cut. That's neat. Yeah. That's a good idea. There's a, there's a world where that that's, there's like a strong market for that. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if there's a strong market for any of the stuff that I do, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and, and, and I definitely feel you there. I, I and, and that's why, like, when I started, everything is awesome. I, I I went down the rat path of saying I'm never going to really look at numbers, at least in a meaningful way. Uh, meaning, like, I'm not going to live or die on how many downloads I get. And for the first probably 12 months, if not more, I never knew how many downloads we were getting show to show, month to month. You know, I, I just didn't look. I, I I minimized that part of my dashboard in WordPress, um, and and ignored the, my stats. And now I'll I'll glance at it every now and then, um, but it's definitely not the uh, most important thing to me anymore because I've been on varying degrees of success, different shows where I've had, you know, thousands of people watching me do a, a show to to two people watching me do a show or whatever. So, or, or listening to, to my show. So, um, and, and at the end of the day, as long as I'm creatively fulfilled, that's all I care about. I think, you know, I, I try to do a show that my audience hopefully enjoys. Uh, but at the end of the day, as long as I'm happy, I think my audience is happy. I too. totally agree. And I think our, our first run at no avatars allowed was like, like a pretty big run because like there was less, like you said, there was less people doing stuff like that back then. You know, like in 2008, 2009 or whatever, there was not – no one was doing video games and religion like as a podcast. Like it was just no yeah. one was doing yeah. it. So there was like – it was almost easier in some ways at that time, for, I think, for us to like have more notice, you know, have more visibility. Uh, whereas now podcasting world is so crowded and the actual play world yeah. is flooded, which I think is a good thing. Like I'm not lamenting that by any means. I'm so glad the hobby is being talked about and played and advertised in the way that it is. Like – for a hot second, I was like, oh, I don't know, man. The actual play world has gotten so big. And then I'm like, I realized, no, that's good. Your hobby is popular. People are playing it. People like it. People like making these shows and listening to them. That's a good thing for everybody. So, like, I realized how, how good that is. But, yeah, No Avatars Allowed was sort of, you know, had a big, had a fairly big run when it was on. Uh, and, and I would say besides that, even though, like, in the Episcopal world, Priest Pulse is, like, 
like a name that if you say it, people are like, oh, I know about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I'm the most recognized yeah. in the Episcopal world that way. That's such a small world, the Episcopal church. Yeah. And like Pot of Love is probably the one, the show with the most potential of like reach of anything I've ever done. Like we've gotten, I've been so excited and happy with the way it's resonated with people, with people reaching out and like telling us how much they enjoy the show of like, um, you know, connections we've gotten to make with people. I mean, with people like you, but also people um, like in the you know, actual play world. And it's so cool that there's so many Philly actual play people in Philadelphia. We've been, you know, we've been saying is like the, uh, what do we say? Like the epicenter of one-to-one actual play podcasts. Oh yeah, totally. I, I, yeah. You were going to say, go ahead. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's uh, I think a hundred percent true because at first I was like, well, I think to me it feels like Chicago, even though I think Philly has a, a stronger podcasting, if not strongest podcasting market, um, and James D'Amato and I, dis- we've disagreed on that fact, but, uh, on, on when I interviewed him, uh, which is, it's fine. I mean, obviously he's going to be pro Chicago and I'll be pro Philly where I give Chicago the upper hand is in the actual play world. Right. I feel right. like they have a huge, yep. not just, not even just in podcasting, but like game design, yeah. like just that, the, the, the role playing, uh, that seems like the episode of role playing, but I think you are right. Like, you guys, Jeff Stormer, uh, Heart Points Pod are uh, three. Po- well, I haven't listened to your podcast yet. I'm gonna. It's gonna be one I listen to, uh, if not today, <laughs> tomorrow. Like whenever, whenever I clear my 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 my. All right, day, glad to hear it. Glad uh, to hear it. Yeah. But yeah, three for three one to one shows that I'm gonna end up listening to all from. The, the greater Philadelphia and you know, area, it's, if not Philly It's a itself. coincidence too. It's so funny because, and you know, it's, you know, it's really even weirder. Like I, Blaine and Zach are friends uh, from before mm. actual oh, wow. play. Like, and so I didn't know Zach. I met Zach before I knew about heart points. Um, oh, and, but casually I met Zach, like at a McElroy yeah. show in uh, my, I'm a, I'm a, I'm sorry, a My Brother, My Brother and Me show in the D.C. area. We ran into him. I ran into him somewhere else. It was so weird because Blaine and I ran into Zach twice within like a really short window of time before like I knew Heart Points and was a big fan of Heart Points. Uh, and I think Blaine, if I'm not mistaken, the story is that Blaine was his first GM and introduced him to like D&D okay. and like playing. And so like got him – I don't know if he introduced him to D&D, but he was his first – dm uh and like got him into that world but it's like a, so there's like a few different weird coincidences but it is just like a strange coincidence that there are these like the one-to-one podcasts happen to all be from philly and it is like a coincidence we started ours before i knew about hard points so it's weird yeah and i don't know of and, and i'm sure i could just do a simple search but i don't know of any other one-to-one um actual plays that are none on my radar Uh, there may be others that do it but i'm if there are i'd be shocked that they're not on my radar and like i don't know of them so yeah it's isn't it weird how that kind of stuff converges together and it's it's, i know like the only the whole reason i i know of of party of one is because the philadelphia podcasting society on facebook um is is like I, i i when i first started everything is awesome like i was like when i first started this podcast i originally was going to be 
different name and it was going to be very podcast centric where I was going to sit down and talk to other podcasters. But at the time I was coming from a world where like podcasting wasn't a good community. And that's because I just really was looking at Reddit. Um, and really, I mean, and I feel like the podcasting community, even though it was smaller, was not as friendly with one another uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Um, and maybe it's because it just no one was the community was so stretched thin throughout just the global landscape um, versus now where like there's literally 50 to 60 some podcasts that perform once a year in Philadelphia uh, that are largely from the, the area. Um, but it was when I joined the Philadelphia podcast. Oh, so rewind. Uh, I didn't believe that there was an, a, a big enough market for me to talk to po- other podcasters. So I eventually just brought in my horizon to, anyone that I want to talk to is who I'll talk to on sure. the show. Uh, and it, it tends to be podcasts yeah. because it's, it's, they're the easiest get, you know, is, is uh, because everyone wants to promote themselves or just because I know they'll talk and I know, I know that they know how to, to handle a microphone. Yeah. Or whatnot. Uh, so uh, I was in, I was in that Philadelphia podcasting society group when I first started the show up and I saw Jeff post something about, um, I think it was, I forget what episode it was, but it was, uh, I think the first episode he did with Noah Houlihan from plus two comedy mm-hmm. where, where they did, uh, the wrestling worldwide right, wrestling, right. I believe. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, role-playing and wrestling. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> and, and from there, like I just start, became a fan of his and, and we've had like kind of a great like friendship and working relationship with one another ever since then. Uh, and, and that led me to the one shot podcast network because he suggested it. And, and like, I've literally shed tears over the campaign podcast. I know. I know. Uh, uh, and, and not because they're leaving just, no, no, just yeah. because of life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, uh, and then some, I don't know how I connected with heart points, but like, I know, like I'm, I think Jeff found out about heart points through me somehow. Really? Um, maybe, because of the live show that we did together uh december of right. last year when we did episode 100 uh because i had heart points open up oh for us, i see okay uh, which sounds which sounds okay. way douchey but, no, no no that's awesome uh, no, that's really cool it's it's whenever i do whenever i put on live shows uh they tend to be saved for my january festival they tend to be just two up two shows me and someone else and i don't i feel bad making the other show close so i always quote unquote close but whenever i book my january festival I don't know what I'm doing yet this year, but, but, but typically it's a five, like it's five to six shows that are on. I put myself right in the middle because I don't want to close. Yeah. Uh, and I'm garbage. Like, I know, like, I know what I'm not a, I'm not a huge draw. So I know, <laughs> I know, uh, I, I know where to put myself to get the most audience yeah. members, uh, and, and that aren't mine. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I, I cause I don't know how I discovered hard points because it wasn't through Jeff. It wasn't through anyone else. Cause like they, they just came on my radar. Maybe they started following me on Twitter and I started listening that way. Um, uh, similar to how like, and I, and I, even then I don't know Well, you know, I've never had hard points on my show. So we, we we've just never been able oh, to schedule that's funny. anything. That's funny. Uh, um, and, but, uh, it's, but yeah, it was through Twitter. I think I discovered them and then, so, and then Jeff's got like, I think I know Zach's been on Jeff's show and yep. whatnot. And I, I don't know, I, somehow we connected on Twitter. I don't know if it was because of heart points or, or Jeff yeah. or like you just started following me. 
I forget uh, actually how I, I ended up seeing you. It might have been through. I don't remember now, honestly. But I just started yeah. fall. Like, you came in my radar. Everything was also came on my radar. You came on my radar when I was first launching Pot of Love, and then I started listening to your show. And I just, you know, I just love what you do. And like, you know, the stuff that you do is converges very nicely with. And you, you know, honestly, it's a Philly thing too. Like, uh, like truly, like the fact that you're a Philly area podcast, like, is a huge part of yeah, like yeah. I feel a desire to support other Philly podcasts. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I'll, I will, there's some Philly podcasts that I, I, I don't listen to obviously, cause you can't listen to them all. Uh, but there, I try to listen to as many Philly podcasts as I can, because I do want to support them uh, because you know, we we're all in it together. And I, and like I said, like I said before, I think Philadelphia has a strong podcasting community. Um, and, and like my goal before I, I'm in the grave is, is to, uh, get live podcasting to be a legitimate source of entertainment in the greater Philadelphia I'm with you area on that, buddy. Because, yep. uh, because, because you look at places like New York and, and LA and, and even Chicago, I know like they are pretty big markets for live podcasting. And obviously New York and LA probably have like bigger names to, to help that out. And even Chicago has some big names out there. Um, when it comes to podcasting, uh, Philly has a couple big names, but, um, but largely like you can't find a live podcast in this area unless it's a touring act coming through. Um, and I don't think there's a reason that you can't walk down, you know, center city, Philadelphia or Chinatown or something. And, 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 you know, Oh, you know, I'll go to good, good comedy and catch a, a show or I'll go to helium or I'll go here or, uh, or I'll go to podcasting theater USA or, you know, that I think should be a legitimate market. That's just not offered yet. I couldn't agree more. And, and it's something that, um, you know, obviously uh, in, in the summer we have the large festival that I think is is great. But that, again, doesn't get – I don't think it gets the crowd that it you really should. You know what? It hasn't even and, been and on my why. radar. I, and I don't know how or why, but like I didn't know about it until – I, until this past summer. And I think I found out about it through you actually. And I was like, how is there a Philly podcast festival? And I don't know about it as someone that listens to a million podcasts, as someone who's been podcasting for as long as I have, as someone who's in a Philly area who makes a podcast. How do I not know about this? Like I was, it blew my mind and I was so upset that I didn't know and have not been a part of it <laughs> for the last however many years, you know? So, so we, they, we just did the sixth year. So we'll be going into the seventh year next year. I've known about it since the beginning because I refuse to be, I, and not that they asked me, but I refused to participate the first year because the year before me and, and my old, um, podcasting buddy, uh, my, my original producer and my co-host, uh, for the Stabcast, well, I guess I was the co-host, but, but uh, the guy who ran Stabcast that I was part of, um, I told him, I was like, you know what? They have this VidCon thing. I think VidCon, the year before uh, the first Philadelphia Podcast Festival, uh, or maybe two years before that, something like that, was the first VidCon. And I was like, we why not a PodCon? Like that should be something that and we could do it. We could be the first man. And, and then um, my buddy Garrett uh, did who is part of, I like to movie movie. He did a podcast called um, trailer trash uh, with, with one of his friends. And they, they did, they were did a live show for the first Philadelphia podcast festival. Uh, and that's how I knew about it, but I refused to be part of it because I was like, fuck them. They stole my idea. <laughs> they, they don't know who I am, but they stole it. Uh, and, and and then he told me he had uh, a bad experience with the first year. Like he said, there was just oh, no really? there. Like there was no, 
Um, and I think you're going to see that like uh, having run large events, like you, you, you're, you're going to run into a small audience if, if no one at all. And having run, like I've probably run double digit live shows at this point now. Um, eh, if you include my convention appearances, yes, double digit. Um, but, uh, it's, it's hard to get, especially a first year, it's hard to get an yeah, audience out. Yeah, sure. Um, but even, I, I would say even, uh it, it, six years in like it is largely the show's responsibility to bring an audience out and i i i think there's a, a better way to do it um i just don't know what that way is yet and 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 i, I i'm real i'm i consider myself at least uh very friendly with with nate and tegan who who run the festival and i i volunteer you know uh first year i was just part of it but the second and third year that i was involved i was i volunteered at least a day of my time uh to to help run things uh because the festival has gotten so large you know it was my first year there was 30 shows and and this the that was the fourth festival the fifth festival was 60 shows and last year i think it was tapered down to about 50 shows um but it, I mean, there's just a lot of, that's how, you know, and, and some of the shows are maybe garbage. I don't know. Cause I don't get to see all of them, but I mean, I'm garbage and I do it. So like it's, everyone has like, it's, 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 um, it, it still shows the, the, the diverse market that Philadelphia has in podcasting. And I, that's why you look at any other festival, a, none of them are free. Like the Philadelphia right. podcast festival, save for, since the fifth annual one. So for the last two years, they've had to charge for certain shows. Like we got this with Mark uh-huh. and Al and any of the shows that go on at fit and, um, and, and some of the other like venues that are there that are not a bar or a comic right. book store. Um, they're, and they're bigger acts that like, I, I think get paid to, to sure. perform. They have, you know, those you have to pay for, but largely you can go to the Philadelphia podcast festival and see a number of shows for free. Uh, whereas Chicago's festival, LA's festival and, and New York's festival, you're, you're paying money to go to a festival. Um, and you're not getting the, the amount of shows that, um, we offer in Philadelphia. And that's why I think Philadelphia has, is a large creative podcasting and beyond podcasting. It's just Philadelphia is a creative epicenter, uh, that doesn't get the credit that it deserves, um, and I think it's starting to in comedy, uh, it, it has it in theater, it's, it's getting it in comedy, um, but it doesn't have it in podcasting. And that's like, again, like, a, like I said, a couple of minutes ago, I've said at least once or twice, um, in other episodes of the show, like I want that to be more serious. And I'm, I'm, my 2019 goal is to, is to produce a monthly showcase. And, and I, my, my co-host, my live show co-host wants to do it in Bucks County, um, because he thinks we can pull a bigger audience since we're from Bucks County. Makes sense. Um, but I don't know because like, I feel like there's, I feel like Philly's the place to do it. To, you you want to start in the city and then spread to the suburbs sure. maybe. But, uh, I don't know yet because, because I also am, I'm, you know, I got my, I got two festivals that I have to, that I'm going to be part of the Philadelphia podcast festival. And then my festival that I'm in the process of, uh, scheduling, figuring out now that I run in January. And then I have all the cons that I want to perform at, which is going to be at least the Philadelphia, the great Philadelphia comic con wizard world. Um, and I want to try to perform at Keystone next year. I didn't get a chance to perform this year, uh, and possibly plaque some plug depending on what I get launched with my actual sure, play sure. stuff. 
Um, so, so there's like, so, so that actually does limit me to about six months out of the year that I can run other shows if I keep myself yeah. to a monthly thing. So it's, it's something that I'm still kicking around, but it's, it's, I do want to get to a point where at least once, once a month I'm running a monthly showcase, whether it's, uh, everything is awesome showcase or I work with the Philadelphia podcast festival and we do a, a festival sanctioned showcase. That would be cool. We that would be so cool. Have, have, have some sort of Philly show and maybe a national. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I want to do more live podcasts. I've done a few and I was giving you a hard time on Twitter uh, saying you got to include us <laughs> in this actual play like live show. Like you got to don't forget us. Uh, yeah. We, we super duper yeah. want to be included in that. So, so so tell me about your live show experience. What, what, where have you? So guys we haven't done it live? for Pot of Love yet, which I'd like to do. So we that's still on the horizon for us. Uh, I'd love to do that. I've just done live shows with Priest Pulse. I've done like more than okay. a few of them. I like doing live shows. It's always a good time. Uh, I've done them. I did them at a so. Believe it or not, uh, the Virginia Theological Seminary has a a bar on campus as part of, I know it's a seminary. Mm -hmm. People are like, wait, seminary is a bar. Yeah. Seminary is a bar on campus. Uh, and I did a live show there. That was super fun. So I did it in a bar. I've done them at like, like what you would like. I'm trying to think of how to describe this to people, not in the church world. We have, uh, like, uh, like conferences, I guess is the way to say it. We have like conferences and I've done live episodes at conferences before. Uh, and, uh, and I've done them at like retreat, things that people go to. So like I've done live episodes in the Episcopal world, in Priestful's world, uh, and they're always a blast. But the most fun I ever had was doing that live episode at the bar at Virginia Seminary, the bunch of seminarians, because like everyone's more relaxed. It's more like a comedy show. Everyone's having yeah. a good time. Although they did they didn't like some of the they didn't like I made fun I I I I sort of made some jokes on their behalf. Like or not that's not the right way of phrasing it. I made some jokes uh, sort of about the South and about Virginia versus uh, general. I went to general seminary in New York and uh, there's yeah. always this like rivalry. And I made some jokes about that that did not land at all. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, there's not enough alcohol flowing in this bar yet for these jokes. Yeah. It's just not landing. Um, it's, yeah. My, uh, the biggest thing I learned uh, at my, at my first live show with everything is awesome, which was for the fourth annual Philadelphia podcast festival in 2016 was that I am not a comedian and I cannot stand and stand up and do a 20 minute monologue. Like, uh, like Jimmy Fallon or like Conan right. O'Brien or something like that. Like I, I, I need to, I need to like, I need to do two, three jokes and get out. And even if, and even if those three jokes don't land, like just mm -hmm. get them done, get them out and then sit down and talk. That's to exactly what I did. Cause yep. that's what I, I, I excel at talking. I don't excel at comedy. <laughs> uh, no, no, I do plan on like I, I actually just picked up. Uh, uh, I picked up several books in the last few weeks that, that I need to sit down and read. But like I picked up uh, Truth and Comedy, which is a improv book written by uh, I forget I forget the, the their names, but they um, they founded the I uh, the Chicago I O the I O uh, yeah uh, yeah the not Second City, yeah, the other yeah. one. It was called. It was called something else. Maybe it was called Improv Olympics when they first started, and that's why it's I O. Uh, but it's like the big. It's one of the big Chicago improv theaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, out I'm there. familiar. Yep. Uh, and and like the guy, like 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 everyone you've seen at least you know from when we were kids that you've seen come through Saturday Night Live trained there and trained under these two people. Um, so I got that book to like dip my toes into improv and. Uh, once we figure out 
uh, once like once I figure out like because I, I I need to go back to like actual school and get a degree uh, so that I can like back up like that I know what I'm doing at my job uh, my day job uh, once I figure out what I'm doing with that I want to I want to take start taking improv classes at either fit or good good comedy or, or uh, comedy sports um, there's like th- there's three schools in Philly that you can go to that that are good yeah. So I want to try to do, I want to try to do that to help me be a better podcaster or at least a better uh, live performer because I can definitely use help in live performance uh, for for podcasting. But I I have it so much fun doing it, and I you know I mean listen, what is my job? Every single Sunday I get up in front of a bunch of people, yeah. and I you know do that kind of and so I. I, I do, is, even though I have social anxiety, I do. Yeah. And even though I have like, like, uh, I, I have general anxiety and panic disorder. So like anxiety is like a part of my life, but even with the anxiety element, like I feed off the energy of a room mm-hmm. very much. So, and I just freaking enjoy it so much. I love doing live episodes, uh, of in last season, I did a bunch of live episodes of priest balls and I'd like to do more, but I'd love for a pot of love to do live episodes. Like it's something we really want to do Whether We probably couldn't play, we probably couldn't play Fog of Love live. No. I don't think that would work. No, no, no. I think we could Maybe, do a live. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I haven't thought about that, actually. We could. What we have talked about doing is doing a live uh, play of Starcross. But what you need to get, and I think I've seen James do this at a uh, somewhere, is you need to get the giant Jenga uh one yes yes exactly uh and that yeah well that's a great idea yeah, it's i mean it's not original i totally i i'm pretty sure i saw a picture of james at uh gen con playing giant jenga and i assume that was for starcross okay well we'll seal it that's yeah. fine yeah we we should definitely oh my gosh we should make that happen i just want to do a lot more live stuff i'm so excited about like the fact that we've like there's so many of us in philly area who have gotten to know each other now yeah. and are connecting and collaborating. And I just, I really hope it turns into a lot of really cool live stuff because I really think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, for and it. that's, I'm actually in the process of like, and I mean, this is probably boring stuff that no one wants to listen to. So I'll keep it short, but like I'm in the process of, cause um, I, Jeff, uh, when he did his show for the Philadelphia podcast festival, um, I don't know. I think it was his party of one episode. Um, it was at red cap games in Philly. So he ended up, having to supply the sound and stuff, which he asked, like he, he, I, I, I lent him my equipment, which ended up not working because of his, it was boring details why it didn't work. But him and I were talking when we met up at, you know, you were drinking the Shamity Creek beer earlier tonight, or maybe you still are, but uh, we uh-huh. met up at the Shamity Creek brewery. Uh, nice. And nice. Um, him and I were talking. I was like, yeah, I think I want to uh, somehow get into the market of, um, like helping people do live shows, like as like a side gig for myself, like whether it's, I go and run the sound or I run equipment out or something like that. Um, so that's something like very boring that I'm trying to get into now, uh, like uh, finding a way to, to like not only make some extra side cash, but more importantly, like help the live podcasting market thrive uh, without having to yeah. be a live podcaster myself every single time. No, I love that. I'm so excited that that's something you want to do because I think there's a real need for it. Like when I've done priest polls live, like I've had to, I uh, that stuff live sound is not my forte. So like I need that kind of help. Like I love editing stuff, right? But when it comes to like live sound, 
no, that's not my thing. Like <laughs> I'm just not and knowledgeable. I don't have the stuff. I'm just not, you know, it's not I me. I think that the reason I kind of have that knowledge is because I started podcasting uh, 11 years ago where you needed to have literally like here's, here's my, uh, not my original setup, but here's my, my producer's original setup for the very first episode of happy hour with steel tip. I'll go through this quick because people heard this story before I was in Maine because for work, my co-host was in Levittown cause that's where I lived. And my producer was in Philadelphia. So we're, again, doing remote podcasting before it was a thing, uh, all going through Google hangouts or something, because I don't think Skype was a thing in 2007 or if it was, it was no one really used it that often. Um, so we were using, I think it wasn't even Google hangouts. It was Google, um, chat or something, G chat, whatever it was before hangouts. And, um, so I was on a computer, my, my co-host was on a computer, my, uh, my, my producer was on a computer, uh, all going into a mixer. Well, so he also had a computer to receive my co-host, a computer to receive me going into a mixer, his computer going into a mixer. He had, uh, a, another phone, like a, like a, a radio phone going into the mixer for a computer for that. He had a computer for the soundboard and a computer to record everything. So if you, I lost count, there was like 17 computers involved. Uh, you know, there was a lot, that's a, you know, there's probably legitimately six to seven computers involved to make this podcast happen. Uh, but because of that, because (laughs) of that, there was a giant mixer involved and I did kind of like how you, when you first started podcasting, you, you just showed up, right. And, and, and talk and whatnot. That's all I did. I showed up and Mm -hmm. talked. Doing Creepcast forced me to learn how to podcast. So I, I, I yeah. got a mixer. I learned how to, I learned how to do all that garbage and whatnot. And and because I have all that equipment, the only thing I needed, I, it, what was really neat, when I first put on my my first live show outside of the festival, um, well, my first one outside of the festival was at Bruce at Sound, which they supplied everything uh, for me. But after that, my first one after that was. Um, also a festival that I put on. So uh, they supplied all that for me. So my, my fourth live show was a show that I put on by myself. Uh, and I had doom thugs, uh, another Delco podcast. Um, nice. And they, they came out to do the, the opener for us and whatnot, but I had to run everything. And I had, the only thing I needed to buy for that show was like a hundred dollar uh, speaker. Basically, okay. I, every all the other equipment I had because I've been podcasting for eleven years and I've had microphones, I have cables and whatnot. Uh, so it, it's I don't want to say it's easy because you still have to like record it. You have to make sure that the the sound is clean in the recorder, right? Like, through right. The, so it's not like it's easy, but like it's it's definitely something that uh, I've just bored everyone with. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if people are, I don't know, people, maybe people like to hear this stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's only us. Maybe it's only us who do podcasts that like this yeah. stuff. I like to listen to this yeah. stuff, but, but it's, I also make the sausage. So I like to hear how the sausage is made. So I don't but know. But it's, yeah, I'm definitely trying. I, I, I honestly want, I would love for October to do, uh, so this month, I guess when this is airing, I would love to do a live show, uh, that, that was, actual play centric because I spent a lot of time this year doing live shows that were, and in fact, I think every live show I did in 2018 was either my late night format uh, or it was at a convention doing um, a round table kind of discussion. Um, so, so I haven't had a chance to play a live actual play uh, in, in 2018. Um, I think the last one I did was episode 100 uh, in December with, with Jeff. 
Um, so I'd love to like, and, and, and just to help promote every, uh, mission impossible. Uh, nope. Mission accomplished. Uh, mission impossible is a movie, uh, that you yep. should go see totally because <laughs> fallout was great, but mission accomplished is a game. You should definitely back on Kickstarter, uh, yeah, without doubt. probably in about two weeks. And, and you'll hear me and Jeff talk about that in about two weeks. Um, yeah, very exciting. But, uh, but for now you can back, uh, uh, Ben's, uh, yeah, tales and tomes. Tales, which yep. we'll have links for uh, in the in the show notes, and and my pre intro and, and outro. We'll we'll talk about it as well. Uh, cool. But yeah, no, we'll definitely have to try to uh, put together like an actual play um, uh, event, even if it's even if it's like a not. I don't want to say a one day festival, even if it's a longer event, because so I'd love to have you guys there. I'd love to have heart points and and uh, whether it's technically party of one or, or everything is awesome with party of one, uh, to do mission accomplished. Um, that would be a fun little day of podcasting. It would be awesome. And you should check out, check out, uh, refugees of Esmeralda too, which is the other actual play on our, on our network, because that, that podcast is doing some really cool things. It's like a, it's like a world building podcast. So like it uses different games, Mm -hmm. To like flesh out the world so it uses like a variety of different role-playing games to like build one world out and it's it's pretty cool it's definitely worth checking out if you like actual play stuff yeah yeah i it was i'll tell you what it was a and even though none of the actual plays i listened to except for i guess one shot to a degree but definitely campaign obviously uh mm-hmm. has the feel of like the podcast that i want to i would love to do one day and that's campaign like uh that that show um at its heart you know is is just pure comedy and it's just pure silly nonsense uh and i love that style of role playing and uh i i dread the day that i walk into a role playing game and play that style and piss everyone off because because <laughs> <laughs> well, refugee of Esmeralda is definitely like not that it's like such a more serious although that's not true i i say that but i i actually I, I say that because the tone sometimes can be kind of serious, but like it, uh, it's actually can be there's a lot of joking and a lot of cross table sort of humor going on and like poking fun and stuff. But man, if you haven't listened to The Adventure Zone and that's the style of actual play you like, dude, The Adventure Zone is so good. You got to listen to it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm behind the eight ball on that one. And, and you I, got to. You got to. It's so good. It, it'll make you laugh hysterically because it's so silly and absurd and ridiculous all the time. And then it'll make you freaking cry, like mm-hmm. weep. Mm-hmm. And like that's why it's so good. And campaign is really good also. Like it really is. It's and, really good. and what I like about campaign is, is not necessarily the fact that they can have all those silly jokes and whatnot, but it almost it's, it's, it's a show that, and maybe it's just the way it's edited, but it seems like they are basically role-playing for the entire hour. Like they're basically in character for at least 95% of that entire episode. Um, and that you don't, and, and that has nothing to go against any of the other shows that I listen to that are actual play one shot, uh, party of one heart points. Um, I think that's a uh, shattered, shattered, uh, shattered. Oh God. I'm sorry. Hefe from the other, everything is awesome. podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I shuffle quest is one and shattered worlds. I think is, is Jeff's uh, the other Jeff from the other, everything is awesome. Um, all these other shows uh, that I listen to, they, they are a mix of being in character and a mix of not being a character, which is, I, Honestly, like that's how I've played. That's how I play. So maybe right. the way campaign is edited uh, to 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 edit out all the the non role playing stuff or most of it. Um, but that's 
the fact that it's always kind of in character and always like the role play is always on is what draws me to that. And, and it's, it, it doesn't hurt that it's Star Wars and, and that it's that it's just a really funny and sometimes emotional story. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I've I've actually with with Pot of Love, I've I've gotten to the point where I like to edit out like we have our intro and our outro, as I said. Uh, but like I have kind of. Uh, try to crop and then we'll do character creation which obviously that has to be out of character Mm -hmm. right like there's no way around that but i've kind of tried to like crop down so that as much of the play is in character stuff mm -hmm. as possible and i'll pick and choose when i leave the out of character stuff in if it's like for a purpose Mm -hmm. maybe i think that someone needs to hear like a game mechanic thing or maybe like I want someone to hear a joke that's made out of character and I want to leave that in because yeah, I think you're right. Like there's something compelling about like having as much of that in character stuff as possible. Uh, We have an, we have an upcoming refugees of Esmeralda storyline that I'm not a part of at all, but it's going to be really sort of, you know, focused in that way that you're describing. Uh, That's pretty cool. It's so cool when a podcast that's actual play is like that degree of, uh, you know, sort of in character yeah. all the time. Well, uh, yeah. And I think campaign has the benefit of being a campaign. Uh, so, yeah, of course. So, yeah. So there's not like the, I, and I don't know, I guess they did their character creation technically on one shot, but you know, there's, there's minimum, like you have to do character creation once and then, and then you're in it to win it. Exactly. At that point. Uh, and, and every now and then they do have like a rules thing that comes up in campaign. So it's not like it's entirely yeah. in a role play. Uh, so, so that's, I think why campaign was able to do it that way. Whereas almost every other show I mentioned, it's a new game with new characters every single time. Uh, and, and I also think it's hard to do that style of, of role play that campaigns doing when you're in a format like three of the four three of the several shows i mentioned you you guys part uh party of one and and heart points when it's just two people I, th- I think it's probably harder to uh constantly be in character or at least edit it to be that way you know yeah um, yeah so oh man i'm so excited about editing the episode i haven't gotten to do it yet but editing the episode with jeff stormer on my sh- on on pot of love like so i won't edit the one for party of one he'll mm-hmm. do it so you know, I can't say anything about how that'll end up coming out. The gameplay was fun and he's a, you know, he's really good at what he does. So I'm sure it'll be great, but I'm really excited about editing him on our show because we were so like, we just got so into role-playing the characters Mm -hmm. and we had so such a great dynamic. It was so fun playing like, a couple dating each other mm. and having it be the two of us. And like, we get, I, I'm just so excited for editing that down. Cause I think it's going to be a ton of in character, yeah. like so much in character. I'm, yeah, I'm really psyched for people to hear it. It was a really cool storyline. Both, both stories we did for uh, playing fog of love for both shows were really fun. And I can't wait to hear them. I, I really can't. All right. Uh, so uh, we've, we've, uh, I think we've gotten two full episodes out of this. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, right? so yeah. uh, before we let you go, uh, Ben, yeah. please uh, yes. shout out all your plugs uh, that sure. you have for all the things you're doing. Yeah. Well, I want to stress to people to go to www.allportsopen.com to check out our, uh, you know, the all ports open network and everything we do there, all of our different podcasts. You can find pot of love there. You can find all the other all ports open podcasts I mentioned there. And you can most importantly uh, get information on the Kickstarter there, tales and tomes season one, which is on Kickstarter. Uh, go to Kickstarter and check it out. We really hope you'll back it. Help us uh, tell this story 
uh, it's really important that this story gets told and uh, in a lasting way. And we hope to be able to have the opportunity to do that. So hopefully you'll go and check out the Kickstarter for Tales and Tomes. And like I said, you can learn all about that and more at allportsopen.com. Uh, we, I'd love it if you subscribed to Pot of Love on whatever format you download your podcasts. If you use Apple Podcasts, subscribe. You know, leave us a little review if you like what you hear, or at least give us like you know a five star rating. I try to get folks to do that. It's always tough to get folks to do oh, that. I, I know. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> it's like the the continual suffering of podcasting is like wanting people to review the show and struggling to get people to do it. But uh, and hey, if you care at all about if you're like into religion at all, you can check out Priest Pulse, which is the other podcast I do. You know, over there and go to priestpulse.org is uh, where you can find that, or also in whatever podcatcher you use. So I think I think that's all my plugs. I'm trying to remember if I I, I think that's everything. <laughs> and, and we will have uh, all the plugs in the show notes, especially to the Kickstarter. Uh, yes. And and you know, I'll, before these go live, I'll try to catch uh, you know catch up with you to make sure there's nothing else that needs to be added for show notes and and, sure, and sure. whatnot. So all that stuff can be in there, so you don't have to remember it off the top of your head. Uh, especially if you're driving, you can just click on the uh, <laughs> awesomepodcast.com and, and, and find that stuff there. Uh, ben, thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking all things Philly and uh, and RPG and, and a, a little religion in there. A little religion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and we'll have to have you on the show again, and we'll definitely have to try to come up with some sort of RPG day uh, event. I'd love all that. I'd love to do an RPG day event and I'd love to be on your show anytime. I, I love what you do. I love everything's awesome. Now I'm a fan. I'm definitely going to help spread the word about everything is awesome. Get people to listen. It's, it feels weird saying this because, because you're a priest, but yes, you can help spread the good word of awesome. You can say that. Sorry. Right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll help spread the, the good news of everything is awesome. So definitely, definitely. I, I will say, I, I will say before we go, I was like, I, I, I like, I forgot until like, recently within the last week or two i was like wait he's a priest this could go bad. like i i don't want to say i'm the anti-religion but i do like dogma and i'm oh i, I love dogma okay, great good. movie all right i love I'll, kevin smith i love everything yeah i'm not like like you know the, i don't know how much you know about like the episcopal church if you're not into religion people might not know what that means but like we're not uh, we're similar to roman catholic in like the in the look you know, like I wear the same kind of clothes. Mm-hmm. People call me father or whatever, but we are as progressive as progressive can be really. And like, so people are always shocked. They're like, Oh, what a foul mouthed priest or like, yeah. like you, you know, it's just, I, it's just not what people think of as, as a typical religious person. And, and that's a good thing. I like keeping people on their toes in that way. So it's fun. I, I think you definitely got that from like, I, at some point during our conversation, I was like, this guy doesn't sound like a priest at all. <laughs> Uh, I was like, this guy is as much as a priest as I am when I went to the Universal <laughs> Life Church. Yeah, believe it or not, that is exactly what I do with my life. Is uh, and my church is in Drexel Hill. People can, if people don't believe this guy's a priest, they can come to my church and they can. It's Incarnation Holy Sacrament in Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. People can walk through the the doors on a Sunday morning at ten a.m. and watch mass. I mean, hear me preach. It's real. It's you can't make this shit up, right? That's, no, no, I, I, I believe you. I, 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 you've, you've dropped a lot of science on me about th- like I, I, words that I don't know because again, I, I am like on paper religious uh, and, and, sure, and, and, sure. and have a religion somewhere that someone told me to follow. Uh, so, uh, 
All right, uh, Ben. Yet again, thank you for being on the show. Thank uh, you. And, and next time me. we have you on, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll get deep, uh, like like Michael Rosenbaum or or one of those other great podcasters do, and we can actually get into uh, you as a person versus you as a creative talent. Oh, that would be awesome. We could talk about and we can talk about some faith stuff. That could be fun. Or we can just talk more about Eagles and Batman, maybe. Well, well I'm yeah. surprised. Oh, I, we almost went the whole two hours without mentioning the word Batman. Uh, but I, I, I will say I'm shocked that we didn't go deep dive on Batman because I try to steer every conversation that way. Okay, well, I, I know we're trying to end the show, wrap the show up. Can I just tell you something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in the middle of playing season one of uh, uh, the the the. Uh, yeah, the Batman game. I'm I'm totally spacing on what's called. Not the first season. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I think I think the first one's just Telltale uh, Telltale's Batman game or something. Yeah, like I think it is. Yeah, I'm in the middle of that. So I, I was gonna play um, the Evil Within, and then Josh was like, "Dude, you got to play the first season first. Like, why yeah. would you just jump into the Evil Within?" So I started playing the first season, and I'm in the middle of it, and it's fucking great. Like, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a great Batman. And like, dude, if you like, so I know you're into Batman. I already knew that from listening to your show. Uh, and, uh, but like no avatars allowed my video game podcast. Like we are so Batman centric. You got to <laughs> check out that podcast right. because Josh is like favorite character in all of media of all time is Batman. And we way too many conversations end up being about Batman on that show. So. So I got three podcasts to throw on my I team. know. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but how crappy is it that uh, Telltale is like closing up shops? I know. I just heard that news and it's like, yeah. it's it's really, that that's shitty. I'm and, disappointed. And what's really, I mean, I'm glad I didn't buy it yet, but like they're not even finishing the last season of The Walking Dead. They're going to release the next episode. Well, that's the rumor. They're going to release the second episode because it is finished. It was scheduled for release, I think tomorrow, actually, the 20th. Well, the 25th of September, I think. Uh, and, um, but the rumor is that they're focusing only on the Minecraft game that they're doing and then it's done. Then, then the, the company's over. That's insane to me. I I'm, I'm just so disappointed. That's yeah. And but it's just crazy. You won't be disappointed in Batman and Batman season two. They are both really, I just finished season two Batman game, mm. uh, a week ago. I, I stayed oh, up wow. the last two chapters. Uh, and oh my, I think I sent a couple tweets out. So, uh, sorry for the spoilers. If you saw them, I didn't uh, actually see them. So that's good. Uh, or if I is, did, I ignored them. Uh, it is. And I, what I love, oh God, what I love about uh, that, that Batman <laughs> game, uh, Telltale, is that it takes, it's, it just tells a whole new story from that Batman. And I do not, like, yeah. I love Batman, but I'm not like, a, I, I'm not like a Batman nerd that knows like the true comic book roots. Like I obviously, I mean, I know his parents died, but like right. I, I, I've only read since the new 52, like since Scott okay. Snyder. So yeah. I'm not like, I'm not a deep dive on Batman. Like a lot of people are. I just, I, 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 and I've loved Batman since 89's Batman. Uh, so, so that's like my Batman history is the movies and like recent comics. Um, this, this, the, the origin story that they're telling in season one and that gets kind of continued into season two, like this, this, this Batman and Bruce, not even Bruce, but like the, the Wayne family you get from, this telltale game is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really into it too. And I, it's, it's, it's definitely unique to telltale. Like that's, yeah. I asked Josh that cause I'm the same way. I'm a big Batman fan. Who's not like a huge comic. Like I've not, 
I, I read some of the new 52 storylines with Batman um, and uh, tried to get back into him then in comic form. I couldn't get myself to just keep reading comics. Oh. I just, I always fall off. I just yeah. always, I say I'm going to, and I just always fall off. But like, you know, other than that though, like I like Batman a lot as a character, of course, all the other, you know, media that Batman's in. Uh, but I asked Josh, I said, like, is this telltale specific? Like, is this their take on Batman? And he said, oh, yes, totally. Yeah. This take on Batman is theirs. And it's cool. Yeah, I'm not even that far into it. And I'm already super into it. I'm really I, digging what they're doing. Yeah, I won't say anything specific because I don't want to spoil it for you. But, like, yeah. the one character, the, the way – and I only know this character from a certain piece of media. Um, the, what they do with this character – uh, it, which is so goddamn vague, but uh, what, right. what they do with this character and, and, and how they flip it from everything you know about this character, which for me was very little. Uh, I, I love it. Like it was, it's, it's when you're done season one, we have, we'll, we'll have at least on Twitter, we can talk about it or something. I have an idea for who this might be you're talking about. And I'm okay. really excited to see what they do with that character. If that's the one. So who, who do you think it is? I won't say I yes think or no. It might be, I think it might be the penguin, but no, don't no. answer no, no, I will answer because it does, me saying no doesn't spoil it at all. Um, okay, because uh, that 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 character is really interesting, and I think it is. Um, it it didn't get me as excited because the penguin is to me a well known character. Uh, okay, I see. So it's okay. So it's someone. Well, now I'm really excited to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I think, now I'm I think, excited. I think the character is well known enough, um, but it's it's just uh, it, the the penguin. So me answering it right away is it was. In poor taste, I'm sorry, but it, no, that's it, okay. The penguin, it, me saying no, also doesn't spoil anything because the penguin's character is super interesting. Um, but it's it is not the character. I think as soon as you find, as soon as they reveal who this character is, or, um, that's a bad. Well, no, yeah. As soon as you, as soon as something happens with this character, because I think if if what happens, are you on episode one or two? I finished two. So you should have been introduced to the character yeah. uh, by now. Uh, I think you're introduced to the character like almost right away, uh, at least okay. in episode one. Okay. Uh, and and so it's a character that like you've known since the beginning. And once you once they reveal something with this character, as soon as they reveal it, you're going to say, "This is what Kev's talking about." I, yeah. I know, oh, that's I exciting. Really well. And it might be it might be a, an episode five thing. I'm not sure, but okay. Uh, oh, well, I'm excited it, to get there. Then I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it, it is. And maybe not. Maybe it's an episode three. Maybe it is an early reveal. I forget. But yeah, uh, it, it, what they do with with Batman, with the Wayne family, with Bruce himself and all even like, yes, and the Penguin and and all these other secondary characters to Batman, like what they do with all these characters is amazing. And oh, my God. Again, I'm not going to go into any more detail uh, because I don't want to spoil season two for you. But the way they end season two is so goddamn heartbreaking. Like, I can't oh, wow. believe. And it's it's like you have to make a choice about something. And the choice that they make you choose. Like in season two, there is at least two or three choices you had to make that are entirely messed up. Like they make. Uh, oh, God. I, I you need to finish episode <laughs> two so that we can sit down and, and go an hour. That's my homework. Yeah. Get, get, That's my homework. Not, not episode two. Season one and season two. Right. Finish that. And we can just do a deep dive on, on Telltale uh, Batman because uh, I, season one is good, but and it's good storytelling. But season two is not only good storytelling, 
but like it makes you angry in a, in a good way. Like it makes you passionate about the decisions you're making. And then because of those decisions, you ultimately have to like say, screw you to somebody. And it, it's just, sometimes it's heartbreaking. Sometimes it's infuriating. Oh my God. It's, it's so good. I kind of want to go back and play season one and two again, but <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do a replay of, of the walking dead uh, in honor of, of telltale's closure. Well, I'll, well, that's my homework. I'm glad I have homework to take away from me. <laughs> yeah, you have to play those games. I have to listen to 75 podcasts. There you go. Exactly. That <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> All right. Uh, for real, thanks for listening, guys. You're going to listen to me uh, in the future doing the post outro. So uh, it's not goodbye for me, but it's goodbye. All right. Big thanks to Ben for being on the show, for spending two hours sitting down and talking to me. I believe we also talked for maybe like 10 to 15 minutes before I hit record and for like another half hour after we stopped recording. So we had nearly a three hour conversation. Um, Ben is totally uh, one of my new favorite people that I've met through podcasting. He's a, he's a local boy, of course, uh, and I can't wait to do more with him, whether it's through podcasting uh, or just through the gaming community and whatnot. Make sure you find him on Twitter at Benjamin Wallace and be sure to check out Ben on all his podcasts, Pot of Love and No Avatars Allowed can be found on allportsopen.com. And of course, Priest Pulse can be found on priestpulse.org. Check out the Kickstarter for Tales and Tomes Season 1. Check them out. All links will be in our show notes. If you're looking for another show to listen to, make sure you check out The Ladies Who Rant right here on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network at thatentertains.com slash network. Me and Andrea sit around and talk about real world issues as well as nerd culture, pop culture, and all the fun stuff that they do out in Hollywood uh, from a woman's perspective. You can, again, you can find them on thatentertains.com slash network. We like to end everything as awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. It can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. Once again, we're going to be harping on this for the rest of the month, and we, we, we've been doing it for weeks now. November is coming up. November is right around the corner. We are just under, no, just over a month away from the big election day. If you are one of these people that are seeking change, this is the time to do it, but you have to make sure you are registered to vote. There are crazy rules that some states are using to purge voter registrations. Make sure you're not one of those people that were purged from the system. Make sure you are eligible to vote. Don't be surprised on Election Day and know ahead of time that you are registered to vote by going to vote.org and checking your registration status. And then make sure you get out there and vote. Tell everyone you know to vote. Make your voice heard this Election Day. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com slash That Entertains. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word-of-mouth recommendations and five-star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. 
You can find us on Facebook.com and Twitter at RealAwesomePod or at AwesomePodcast on Instagram. And we're available on AwesomePodcast.com and ThatEntertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, and also on my personal Twitter at ThatNerdyKev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at awesome at CrudeHumorStudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video, and live performances. You can find more info at CrudeHumorStudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist-owned. Fan-supported.